welcome to the Doubt Every Thought podcast, showing you the simple way of returning to God through forgiveness, knowing thyself, and doubting every thought. If you've been looking for peace in life and want to be a part of the revival, you've come to the right spot. So sit back, relax, and return to God. And we are live. Welcome to the Doubt Every Thought podcast. My name is Jacob. Thanks for joining us. It is mid-November. So happy that you're listening. This is episode number 48, and we've got a new guest. And as you can guess by the title, it's Victoria. So we titled it Victoria's Blessing. And it's a great one because Victoria's been through the fire and back again to bring so much truth to people who have ears to hear and eyes to see. We cover her own experience waking up, what it was like in the fallen state, her relationship with her father, which was actually a good relationship. You know, Coming across Jesse Lee Peterson, awareness, believing her thoughts. It's her own journey waking up, and it's a great story, and I'm going to have to get her on to join again. There's so much to talk about. And as I always say, you know, this is really meant to give you an example of what a true son of God actually looks like and sounds like as a minor temptation to reveal to you that once you wake up, you really become a chill, cool person. And in this case, it's a daughter of God. So if you're wanting peace in life, you like the sound of our voices or about finding the kingdom of God, the true meaning of life, you've come to the right spot. So sit back, relax, and return to God. Welcome, everyone. Another episode of the Doubt Every Thought podcast. We are here with another special guest. It is Victoria. Victoria, thanks for coming on. So glad you're here. You're very welcome. I am very glad to be here. It's amazing, as JLP would say. And just to make sure I get out of the way, a little plug. Victoria has PX Credit Solutions. Go to fixmyficonow.com. If you want to fix your credit, Victoria is the person. Is there anything else, Victoria, you kind of want to mention about... uh, PX Credit Solutions? Uh, Really, it is a wonderful business that I started uh, actually after I woke up and, um, you know, attending our church that we go to, Bond. Um, I was really inspired to get that started. And, you know, I had some credit problems myself and um, just did some research and really just got my hands dirty to get myself out of that bad credit hole. And when I saw how easy it was for me, um, you know, and I'm just generally all around interested in credit repair in general, I started researching starting a business and found out how easy it was and just honestly did what was right in front of me and got it started. So exactly. Yeah. So we basically just help people, um, you know, erase past mistakes, um, you know, and basically achieve their financial goals and dreams, you know, that that's where we are. Cause a lot of times they just need somebody to, um, you know, create that blueprint for them. You know, it's amazing just how many people don't have that basic knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's great that you found that segment. You've been doing it for, um, I think over a year now, quite, quite some time, but that's where the official business has started mm-hmm. and it's doing amazing, especially during this time too, which is great. Yes, yes, yes. And I do plan to, you know, help a lot of people really hit the year of 2021. I want them to hit the ground running because, you know, instead of being frustrated or overwhelmed by what's happening in the world right now, what we all need to do is really just calm down, be still and see the opportunity. And that's really what I like to do for my clients because, um, you know, when you're in financial dire straits, as they say, you really can't see 
what's in front of you. You can't really even fathom what's going to happen in the future, but you right. really just need someone either beside you or someone that can just kind of look at all the pieces on, on the floor and just say, oh, wait, well, that goes over there and that goes over there. And if you just do that, you can be there in six months. You know, it's amazing that you've you've really built it up through your own experience. This wasn't like, you know, mm-hmm. you you went to education, did all these things you, you learned by doing and you saw what was in front of you. And so for everybody, PX Credit Solutions, fixmyficonow.com, go check it out. Go get it fixed. Have a great 2021 and stop messing up your finances, guys. Victoria can fix it for you. And say <laughs> no to student loans. Say no to student loans. Don't go to college. <laughs> I mean, basically, you know, don't. I hate to be the one to say that, but just go on a scholarship, guys. <laughs> yeah, find a way to get that free money. Yeah, That's take it somebody else's money. <laughs> <laughs> that is some great advice, Victoria. <sighs> and so uh, the reason why I'm having Victoria on and why she's so willing to come on is that, you know, I've had a bunch of dudes talk about their experiences waking up and uh, they actually mentioned to me, they're like, hey, you should get some girls on. You should actually like talk about their own experiences waking up. And then I was like, Victoria is one of the best people to talk to about this. And that's why you're here now. And so maybe you can give people some context. Like when I talk about waking up, for me, it's been, I don't know, like about, it's been almost a year. And it's amazing. Silent prayer every morning and night, you know, realizing Satan's in my head talking to me. It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's mind-blowing how amazing things have become for me. But for anybody out there who hasn't woken up, I'm kind of wondering if you can give them some context, like where you were before you had gone and forgiven. Like what type of lifestyle were you living? Were you content? Or was it really, like what was kind of the impetus for you to actually realize that something was wrong and that you really wanted to return to God? Wow. Okay, well. Super deep questions, <laughs> I know. It's, and it's a six-part question, so let's... <laughs> okay well i mean honestly speaking i've always been generally uneasy and i cannot really explain Uh. what that's like but it's really just feeling like there's always maybe some kind of static around you or that you're not quite where you need to be and and you know always in my head um always thinking other people's thoughts for them by that, I mean, I was always assuming that pe- what people were thinking of me. And it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I realized, wait a minute, I don't know what they're thinking. These are actually thoughts that I think about myself, you know? Right. You were kind of like projecting in a way. Like, Absolutely. It, it's, I know exactly what you're talking about. Absolutely. There's, there's probably times in that fallen state where you accurately guessed where someone was going and it kind of reinforced that belief that you know what other people are thinking, mm-hmm. you know, and then it causes you to really, then the thoughts will tell you horrible things and you're like, you believe them. Yes. And then you're in that fallen state. And I think for a lot of people, what you just said, that general uneasiness mm-hmm. where something is just missing. Yeah. I mean, that was true for me too. I was always seeking, you know, and so did you try to fill that, that emptiness with, um, with whether it was a career or relationships or food or was there any, was there like a way you tried to compensate for it? Cause like for me, it was always a career trying to be something, mm-hmm. be worthy, be worthy of all the um, adoration that I thought that I was supposed to be getting. Gosh. Oh man. Um, here's what's interesting because I, I'm not super sure why this is, but there are bits and pieces of my life that I remember prior to waking up. And then there's these other parts where everything is just blank. 
Now, yeah. there, there's another reason that that could be. So um, <laughs> when, when we talk about when we talk about like, what did I fill those spaces with? First, first, I didn't even know that I was filling space. I didn't know that when I was doing it. But um, definitely, uh, right. um, I filled it with food for sure. And that's one that I honestly still struggle with. And yeah, um, too. Yeah. yeah, and then you would, you know, obviously, um, I had, you know, like a, a time in my life where I partied a lot. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say career because what I always did, as far as work goes, like um, work always came fairly easy because I learned at an early age that I knew I wanted to work. And I think I got that from oh, my cool. mother, be, you know, having a single mom and stuff like that. So uh, okay. I could have been filling that space, but it never really felt that way. But I, I know for sure that I did it with, like I said, the food, alcohol. Um, I might have smoked yeah. a little pot. Um... Pothead. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Me too. Me too. In that fallen state, it's it, like what you said, you don't even realize that you're doing it. It's just like mm-hmm. this default you believe your thoughts and then you just fall into a cycle, yeah. you know, whatever it may be, go out and drink, go out and party relationships, um, mm-hmm. consumption. It's all about these physical pleasure things. And you mentioned, you know, you growing up, you had your mother there mm-hmm. and it sounds like was, was that like one of those things too, where, um, you know, I, my kind of experience is that if you have the father in the household, uh, you can kind of see God through the father. If he's a, if he is really a you know son of god Mm -hmm. but even if the father's in the household so many of them are just fallen people and so it doesn't even matter if they're in the household to begin with and so i was kind of wondering if that's been your experience too if it's like you were seeking as a child look were you seeking the father back then or was it kind of you just didn't even know that you needed to seek it in the first place interestingly enough um i didn't start to uh seek I guess when we say the father, um, I would I would classify I guess two fathers, right? Um, right, right. Where yeah. the <laughs> where and not two fathers that live together, but uh, what I mean is, <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, Victoria? Right. Are you saying? <laughs> um, but no, when I was younger, like I never yearned for my father because my father was actually there when I was a kid. So, oh, cool. um, okay. yeah, my dad was like a really cool dad like in my opinion you know because like he would come around um you know every few days and I as a kid you don't know that that's not normal you know like I would get so excited when he would come over and my mom would oh you know Chuck's coming over that's my dad's name she'd say Chuck's coming over and I'm like oh my god oh my god oh my god (laughs) and I just had this pure love for my father you know and Every time I saw him, we would either go somewhere, you know, go out to eat. Um, My dad taught me how to drive when I was 10, you know, like I know. And he taught me how to play guitar. And um, my dad is a very artistic person. Like he draws, he paints, he does all this stuff. Um, Sure, sure. So I always saw my dad as this really cool guy. And I know that that's what always stuck with me, you know. That's cool. Yeah. and That's really cool. Yeah, it's interesting because it's some of those memories are so strong, you know what I mean? And, um, Mm -hmm. 
But when he wasn't there, I mean, I honestly really did look up to my mother when I was younger and my grandmother, because that's really all that we we had. You know, um, it would be my mom and my grandmother. My grandmother came over every night. You know, she brought us candy from the hospital. She worked at the hospital. Sure, and sure. <laughs> so I it was interesting because I got both sides when I was younger. But my father was very passive, like my father never um, never reprimanded me. He never did it kind any... of sounds like he's like a friend, you know, or a, not a friend, but not a, he's not an authority figure in the yeah. household. He was like, uh, he was, he was an associate. He was a mentor, but not like a, he wasn't really guiding you in a certain way. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think now that I'm an adult, I understand why it was that he could not guide me or why, why he maybe did not in, I mean, only he knows that, but, um, sure. When I, sure. but yeah, when I look at the bigger picture, like when I, Imagine how I felt as a child with my father, like how um, Jesse Lee Peterson talks about how you really feel like you're with God. And yeah, that is what good. it feels like. You you can't describe it as a kid, but it's like you're just looking up to the person and you're like, I don't know why I love you so much, but God, I love you. Right. And it's not like this. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. This is a good time. Let's take a short break. And so we'll be right back on the Dot Every Thought Podcast. just editing and getting things together what what we had just finished on a great point is that you were saying how your father like you didn't um like resent him or hate him you you had this childlike love for him where it's not like uh the world's love you know where you do things and it's all physical you just Mm -hmm. you saw him as a representation of god to you but you didn't even see it as a child that way it's just it was your father Mm -hmm. you know and he's there for you and I think the reason why I think that's such an important point is that for a lot of people, um, when they were children, there was probably a time if they had their father around where they felt that and they should remember that feeling and that if that feeling is missing in your life, like you feel like you don't really have that father anymore, it's Mm -hmm. because, you know, you're missing God, you know, because that once you turn 18, it's handed off to you. But that's such a great insight that you had that. And I I love how you didn't really resent him back then. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just... It sounds like your mother didn't make him hate him. So anyways, kind of like that's that's the initial setting. I know it's kind of, kind of setting up the relationship there. And then you went through your own growth and your own personal life. And then was there like a defining moment where you kind of um, like found JLP or somebody that kind of pointed you back to within to kind of realize that your thoughts aren't your own? Was there like an impetus for that? I got to tell you, I think for the most part, like, when I think about um, maybe life about 10, 15 years ago, um, I had a really 
well, I was not a teenager 15 years ago, but when I was a teenager up until today. Um, <laughs> we'll assume you were for everybody who was a teenager <laughs> back then. <Yeah>. But <laughs> I will say that um, I started to know that something was wrong um, with my life, like towards my late teens. Mm. And interestingly enough, I said to my mother that my father not being there is why I'm the way I am. And I don't know how I knew that, but at 17, it, I just blurted it out one day. So for me, that was not necessarily the start of knowing something was wrong, but it was, it was interesting how that just came out of me. I didn't even realize that that's what it was, you know? Right. And as far as coming, um, you know, to the point now where we're at the forgiveness and forgiving my parents and things like that, I just realized that as an, an adult, you can really only blame others for your outcome so much before, honestly, before you just sound like a liberal or something like that. But I thought... I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. but I, you know, and I, I got to a point where, honestly, I had like this corporate job that I just, I hated. And I hated it so much so that I went to, to work like high almost every day. And right. Yeah, right. it was it was really bad. And, you know, nobody I don't I'm not going to say nobody, but I don't think that the prominent people there, I don't think that they knew, you know, that I was going to work like that. But the fact that I could do that, let me know, OK, wait a minute, I'm probably not in the right job. I'm probably not really going in the right direction in my life. And I had done all these things like I had gone um, overseas for a little bit, just on a little vacation, just because. Sure. Sure. And came back home and decided, well, I'm going to move overseas now. I'm going to do this, you know. And, right. um, you know, just all these wild ideas that I had. And they really didn't make a lot of sense. And I was just very erratic in my behavior. Um, yep. And yep. it was almost like I was grasping for something. That's you know? exactly right. I that's. It sounds like you're talking about my own experience, too, where you'd work in corporate, but something just feels off. Mm -hmm. But in those moments you have a choice to either sit in that offness and kind of go through it and try to process it. Mm -hmm. But if you don't sit it through it and kind of go through that pain, two things happen. You either double down into corporate where then you just convince yourself that you're wrong and corporate's right, mm -hmm. you know, or you're wrong in the relationships, right? You know, whatever it may be, or you go the opposite direction where you just completely go off the scale. Like my experience was, Oh, corporate's not the thing. I'm going to go to Peru and do psychedelics with shamans. <laughs> and <laughs> like, I almost did like, that too. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, and then you, you, you become this pendulum, this huge swinging thing. Just it's reactionary. Mm -hmm. You know, you double down or you react. And I think the other thing too, about what you said about going to work and nobody knew that you were not yourself, right? You're either on something. Mm -hmm. I think that's way more common than anybody would like to admit. Um, mm -hmm. I was looking at recent stats on just how many people are taking ADHD meds, antidepressants, antipsychotics. It's it's tens of tens of millions of people, yet it never looks like it on the surface. Mm -hmm. And so it's just amazing to me that um, how we convince ourselves that, okay, if everybody else is doing this, I guess I just need to take antidepressants and then it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. You know, and then, oh, okay, I'm numb, but it still doesn't feel right. I'll take more. And it gets to the point where, at least for me, it didn't make any more sense. And so I kind of just took a step back and just took a break and suffered. And that's how I found Jesse, kind of came mm -hmm. across him. And was that kind of your impetus too? You're were, you were swinging left and right, you're gonna go overseas and you don't go overseas. Like, 
eventually it sounds like you stumbled upon the solution because now now you're super based with your own company you know and <laughs> i'm kind of wondering how how did you get to that state from you know you had you had your childhood where your father was like god in the household you went through this kind of teenage phase and you had a realization mm-hmm. went through kind of corporate for a while where you know you're doing the go this way go that way double down trying to figure it out and yeah. it sounds like now you're at a state of uh peace i know sometimes it doesn't feel like it but like right. how how did you transition to that stage now it, there must have been something else that happened you know <laughs> honestly if i can i i cannot remember how i came across jesse lee peterson i have no idea I probably was looking at some crazy black power something. And then, (laughs) because I really used to believe in that stuff, man. I I really used to believe like, okay, somebody out there is out to get me, me specifically. And I don't know if it's because of how I look, but I just know somebody, I have an enemy. That's all I know. I just know there's, there's an enemy. And I remember thinking or knowing, I can say I've always known that that was, that was, that was a sham. I did know that. Um, But coming across one of his videos one time, I don't even remember what it was. Um, It was so outlandish that I thought, this guy is really nuts. Like, this is Uncle Ruckus in the flesh. I cannot believe (laughs) this. Uncle Ruckus, right, right. (laughs) Because, I mean, like I said, I I don't know. It's just something just... That's how it felt for me, too. It was just like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he was so blunt in his delivery. It, and I thought, you know what? The thing that made me keep watching him was that even though he's saying these things that sound like they are um, made up, it sounds sensational. It sounds like he's doing this to garner attention. It's like maybe there is some of that there. But right, right. who doesn't do that? You know, what's really important is the message underneath. And that's yeah. what I stayed for. And even though I didn't fully agree with everything that he said from the beginning, what actually pulled me in was when he started talking about black mothers. And uh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And as as um, harsh as some of his, uh, you know, his words sound, I started to actually say, oh, my gosh, I can relate to what he's talking about. Right. Right. Oh, God, you, I, went, you went through it. I mean, yeah, you, you lived it. Yeah. And I had to actually admit that I hated my mom. Interesting. That, it Interesting. was tough. It was tough. Was there was there like a time where, do you remember the time when, when you first hated your mom? Like there was like a moment or was it just in general? Because for me, I have a specific memory mm-hmm. of when I fell. Like it's kind of amazing to me. But I, I was wondering if your experience was more over time, it's just you realize you hated her or was it like there was this moment where all of a sudden, you know, you hate her. Like, it's just like a flip. Oh gosh. I like to explain my fall as like, <laughs> like, you know how in the in the movies, like where you I'm, see, I'm, I already know what you're going to say. Like <laughs> the, the staircase that just keeps on <laughs> like mine. I feel like when I think about it, like I literally get a picture in my head. It's like either I'm jumping off a cliff and I'm just hitting every tree branch or every something on the way down. It was like, I realized I hated my mom and then I just kind of fell on a branch and I'm like, Oh God, I'm good. I don't hate her anymore. And then the branch would snap and I'd go, Oh God. (laughs) And I still hate her. And then I swear, because every time I thought I was over it, something kept coming up and I couldn't figure out why I was so angry with her. But I will say that the first time 
and there's a few things that happen happen simultaneously. But when I was when I was younger, um, I was the youngest child and I was the only girl, and I was special in quotation marks to everybody. Mm. You know, mm. to the the whole family, extended family, everybody. How many, because I was the how many only people girl in the family the were there? How many people in the family? Um, as far as like in the immediate household, it was just yeah. myself, my mom, and my older brother. Okay, older brother. Okay. Yeah, and then obviously my grandmother, and then you know she yeah. would come in and out. But then something happened because my mom was always around this guy. You know, this guy would always be there, and he was there. I guess since I was a baby, I had no clue. I didn't. I didn't know. I just knew that this dude was there, and I was comfortable around him. You know, but sure. I knew he wasn't my father. <laughs> right. So then comes my my little brother. And uh, I remember when that happened as a young child, I knew I felt my identity shift. And it wasn't just that everyone around me is treating me differently now, but now I'm kind of thrust into this different um, position, you know, because right, going from no special. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I definitely had that middle child syndrome and you know, because there's something special or different about middle children because we're not the oldest, so we're not that important. Nobody, we can't tell anybody what to do. And right, then, not the first. right, right, right. And then the young, we're not the youngest anymore, so nobody will excuse our bad behavior. We're like the Jan Brady. That's who we uh, are. You know, it's like that's you kind of have to become an adult very quickly as a, as a middle child. Right. It's like, <laughs> cause like when you're the first child, all this energy and attention's on it. Yeah. And if you're the last child, it's like they can keep on watching you, um, and watching out for you. But for the middle child, you get like nine months to two years and <laughs> you know, older brother, watch her, you know, it's like, <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. And, but yeah, I can honestly say that's the very first time that I remember that some, some form of anger grew in me because I was very attached to my mother. And it was when my younger brother was born that I felt that get severed. Right. But, she kind of, the abandonment, like you're like, she, yes. she made you feel attached to her and then she mm -hmm. forced you away. Right. Okay. Yes. And I mean, there's so many things I can honestly recall now that I just said that, but I remember I used to have these ways that I wanted to be close to my mother. So um, you know, like when I would get home and stuff because I knew like, okay, my mother's like all over my younger brother. So like, how can I, course, you know, still feel my mother. And I remember I would get home from school and I would like go into her room and I would just like close myself into her room and just like get in her bed and just yep. watch TV. And just honestly, I probably went through her makeup. I did all kinds of weird stuff, wow, you know, that's interesting. Just to be like, just that to still so much get sense. that. Right, yeah. that makes so much sense. You can't get the first-hand experience; you get the second-hand experience, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. It, it's yeah. Um, that's my... amazing that you can see that. You know, like yeah. that's so deep that most people. That's like ten years of therapy insight right there. Mm -hmm. That's amazing to me, like that that you actually understand that. Yeah. That blows my mind. Wow. And so that's it's kind of like it was at that age where you transitioned. Wow. Mm -hmm. And then since then it was like that, and then then you found JLP. And all of a sudden, it just kind of opened up this Pandora's box, right? And it's just like, man, oh no. Yes, because imagine <laughs> I'm walking around the world in a daze, essentially, because even when I went overseas, I was still high every day. Yes, I mean, you were, right, right. I was right. suppressing my reality. So when I finally found JLP, something compelled me to just stop it. Something said, stop 
doing this to yourself because you need to see what is really what's what because um the other part of my story that i guess we can talk about some other day like in depth but i was in a very very long relationship like through um the late part of my teens all the way up until i was almost 30 years old teens to 30 okay yeah so uh greater than longer than 10 years like it was a long relationship and it was just as as jlp would say what the right (laughs) and honestly because i had grown that hate from a mom and everything i had really latched onto this relationship and um another part of my waking up where I'm hitting another tree branch was realizing that that relationship had to end, you know? Wow. wow. And I really wasn't going to have anything to fall back on to pacify me, you know? Right. There's nothing in the physical realm that could really like now. Yeah. You're letting go of these pacifiers that you left mm-hmm. inside you that you didn't even realize. And jlp is just (laughs) well the spirit that he pointed you back within and you're removing them and then you're just like well i'm empty now it's like and then then your thoughts go crazy and all that and when we come back i think that's going to be a great topic like the waking up process like what what we went through so let's just take a short break guys and we'll be right back on the doubt every thought podcast everyone welcome back victoria was just she was butter on a roll she was on a roll (laughs) so you were just saying like what one thing that's that's so true there was an analogy in that previous segment about jumping off a cliff and you're just hitting these branches and then you you feel fine and victoria you were saying like you're realizing right now you've woken up like ten thousand times already (laughs) oh man i thought that's a great insight for so many people yeah for for me too it, it's felt like that sometimes where i'm like oh i've i've woken up and then you sit there quietly in the silent prayer and then all of a sudden you're like oh oh no i'm horrible and then <laughs> these things just keep on bubbling up of like resentment that all these old resentments and it's mm-hmm. not like i'm believing thoughts but it's just like these things that i've identified with mm-hmm. and you're like that too i gotta let go so anyways you were just saying something about how many times you've been waking up victoria that just <laughs> So my third branch that I fell on, (laughs) Um, but no, like I said, I mean, when I really look back, I honestly feel like I've lived at least five different lives by this point in my life. And I never saw it that way. But when I reflect, yeah, like when I reflect back on certain things, I really do feel like I'm talking about another person and I feel like. I'm able to reflect on it so much more clearly because the stories that I used to tell myself in those days, you know, like when I was with my ex and, and when we were, we were together, I would always make everything about something he did. And I would Uh, always think, you know, I would always make it as though he was the one, like you, you're the one that needs to fix yourself, you know? And then when I, when I look back, I'm like, no, that's not what that was. It was just that I couldn't handle whatever was happening. (laughs) And it was actually me. It was never him (laughs) at all. There's a a common saying that it takes two to tango, right? You know, you don't want to admit that when you're in that fallen state where you're just like, I just can't find a good man or (laughs) 
I talked I talked to uh, some close friends and they're just like they keep on trying to find a good woman. I'm just like, dude, like a good woman is not going to find you if you're not a good man. Like you got to You know, and he and he went through his realization recently. He's just like, I'm not even worthy. And that's why we, I'm not saying this is true, but mm. he, he said like that that's why God's not blessing me with a wife because I'm not even close to being worthy. Like I'm a, I'm worthless. This, the things that we were talking about. And mm-hmm. I appreciate that realization he had. And it's like, you had that realization too. When you look back, you're like, oh, that's why it didn't work. You know? It's, yeah. It's, yeah, totally. And it's like, when you realize that a lot of the things, this is how I kind of start, I'm starting to see things too, with the whole do things that are right in front of you, because you can have this oh, grand right. idea of what you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to have, where you want to live, who you want to be with, your friends, you even yep. have it down to like what your friends are going to look like <laughs> and the jobs that they're going to have. And oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yep. And it's like when you actually get those things or you're pulling and pushing so hard to get those things, when it's finally presented to you, you don't even want it. You and... don't even you don't even realize you have it because you then exchanged it for something you didn't know you were exchanging it for. You know, like for me, it was once I make a hundred thousand dollars, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And I got there, and I didn't even realize I got there. And I was stressed out, and no relationship, no family, uh, alone, no friends. Mm-hmm. But I had gotten this. It was like a Faustian deal with Satan. I had gotten the hundred grand, but I didn't realize I was exchanging my soul for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that you're so right about. Like, so a lot of people are trying to plan out that five year, these friends, this type of person, mm-hmm. all that. And you're saying it's all about the present moment, right? Absolutely. Because that was what my whole 20s was. It was, okay, I already know where I'm going to be, what job I'm going to have, where I want to live, who I'm going to marry and all these things. But I literally right. woke up one day and it was like some kind of revelation where I said, oh, that's not it. Right. (laughs) So then everything ended, you know, and kind of just shifted my life into now um, a a life of solitude, almost like what you're talking about, where, okay, I'm going to just go work on my career. I'm going to go to school for a little bit. I'm going to just do these things. And it's really just to stay busy. And it's really just to not be aware of myself. It's to not be aware of where I'm headed. It's to get further and further away from God. Because like I said, I was under the impression that I could control my destiny that if I, and I was into new age too. Like I said, I have a ton of stories, but it's like, I was into this whole, you can manifest, just sit in your room with stones and do these spells. And you know, you can all this stuff, right? You ladies with your spells. Man, (laughs) I remember, oh dude, I got, I have some stories. You got stories. We'll have that on the second podcast. (laughs) Right. It's true for me too. Um, I used to do that too. Like for me, it was the secret back in high school, you know, visualize, materialize. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there was a time where I visualized a sleepover and it happened. And from then on, I was a total believer in it. (laughs) Right. And that's the trick. That's Satan's trick right there. You know, it's an amazing trick. Yes, and it's a great trick because you're sitting there thinking that you're praying to God, right? You're talking to God, a.k.a. the universe, (laughs) wink, wink, and you're like, okay, now I am a manifester. I can do this, you know, but what we're not realizing in the grand scheme of things is when we're praying and we think we're praying to God, God is listening, but Satan is listening too, right? 
And Satan is the guy that does the magic. He's the one where if you ask for a certain thing, he'll give you that one thing. And then you think it's God, you know, and you play into it even more and you start to, to just conjure up all these crazy things. So, um, like I said, I went through that phase too, but in that phase, again, you can smoke a lot of pot. You can be inebriated. <laughs> you can be out of your mind basically. And yeah. that is revered like they hold that up they hold you to very a very high esteem you know you have your rastafarians you have the, these cultures that are like that and totally. you think that you're it, i'm sorry because you know i'll go on and on but it's like you think you're doing the right thing and it's like you feel that you're getting closer to god but for some strange reason when i'm sober or when i'm you know when these substances are leaving my system i feel worse than i did before i even started it a hundred percent. And it's, it's just like a, a drug addiction, you know, it's drug addictions. They have the hangover. You drink too much one day, you're hungover the next day. Mm -hmm. But when you like work hard on your career and then it doesn't, then, then all of a sudden this phase of your life where you're, you realize it's not for you, you're still empty. That's kind of like this hangover thing that happens. Yes. So it's not just drugs. It's, it's fascinating how we try to label it as, okay, this over here is drugs. But even a relationship can be a drug, you know, even, um, you know, meditation can be a drug. I talked with um, uh, one of my buddies, Wesley, about that. He was using mm -hmm. meditation as a tool to make himself holy mm -hmm. and he wasn't doing it to know thyself. And he, that was such a great insight how, you know, we say, you know, forgive, know thyself with a silent prayer, doubt every thought. But it's always the intention behind it that's key because yes. if you have the wrong intention, you just leaves you in the la la land you know and it's pretty bad but let's we'll take another break here and we'll come right back on the dive without podcast Final segment, we're hanging out with uh, Miss Victoria. Miss Victoria has the uh, company called PX Credit Solutions, fixmyficonow.com. Please fix your credit, guys. It's kind of embarrassing. You know, even white people, all colors, please fix your credit. <laughs> <laughs> My clientele is about 50-50, and it's mostly uh, men trying to uh, get their finances together to uh, build a better life. So yeah. very happy for them. Sons of God must have good credit. Absolutely. <laughs> God does check. He yeah, does. It's like, you have to forgive. You have to know thyself. You have to make sure your credit's good and doubt every thought. <laughs> there you go. It's very godly to pay your debts. Uh, absolutely. Caesar, Caesar's. Exactly. And on, I think go. on this section, Victoria, you're actually saying that, uh, you know, you've kind of given a great story arc of waking up, you know, what your father was like, kind of falling, seeking, just always going left and right and waking up a thousand times. That's this. <laughs> the previous segment dude but you said kind of recently that you think you may you think this may have been the one i and do that they think this may have been the actual one and maybe you can kind of talk about that with people yes um so it happened fairly recently i would say like in the last maybe year and a half or so and when i first started going to bond uh, maybe two three years ago almost um i went to go forgive my mom because i finally realized that you know, I was just really angry at her and, sure. you know, drove down and I hadn't really talked to her for a while. And 
just randomly, you know, decided, okay, I'm going to go do this. But something in me knew that I was forcing it a little bit. And I was really just okay. kind of twisting. Um, I was twisting what was told to me or misinterpreting it where you're going to feel uncomfortable, which is very true. And right. I really just attributed um, my resistance to, to doing it to saying, oh, well, this is just that awkward feeling. So I went ahead and oh, did okay. it. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and what was interesting was that I didn't, in my mind, I thought I was forgiving her, but after the, the long conversation and the tears and all of that, um, there was still an interesting energy in the room and I wasn't able to really, um, I didn't get that watching it like it was a movie kind of feeling. I didn't okay. quite have that and I didn't know what that was about. So what was it like instead? It was like you were, you were still in it, like you were a part of it still or? What was it kind of like? Yeah, it was like I still got sucked into emotions. I still, um, nothing really negative happened. It was just a lot of, um, you know, my mother just kind of just still being herself. And she's very, um, sure. she's very sold on all of her choices. And that there is no anger there. It's just things are what they are. But um, at any rate, I never actually hmm. said to her, I forgive you. I never said that. Interesting. Yeah, and it's like I don't even really remember what I said that first time. So, but I remember having this false this false high about the whole thing. And I went home and I remember I went to church the next Sunday so happy. Oh, Jesse, I forgave my mama. It was great. It was just this, it was that. I feel so light because you do feel a lightness because you're you're under this impression that you did something so grand. It's a workout too. You know, you you face oh, something, man. you know. Yeah. You yeah. get hot and sweaty and yeah. When you go is... and forgive, guys, you do shake in your boots. Like you do. I when I went to go forgive, I I literally thought my parents were gonna stab me with the knives at dinner. <laughs> like it it sounds so so irrational, but I was looking at their the we're eating steaks. I'm looking at the steak knives. I'm like, oh, they're gonna stab me when I say I forgive you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I so you went to her and you, you didn't say the actual words and you kind of got that right. high. Okay. Okay. Um, it was more or less, um, you know, I was almost just telling her that I had all these things like, you know, I, I did resent you. I did, you know, feel this way and that way and blah, 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 but never said I forgive you. And it didn't really click in my head until a few months later. Okay, and yeah. the reason that I, you know, I kind of came to these um, conclusions because a lot of, a few of us at the church had actually started to really hone in on this message and we were very you know we we've all been very candid with one another both in church and outside of church sure. um about the issues that we were having and how we were still feeling these feelings of anger and just you know um it, the the dots just were not connecting and for me one thing that happened is one of you know I was kind of in this interesting situation where I was sliding back into the going out every night and I was excusing it because I was going out to a business club. I was meeting with, you know, certain prominent people and I thought, oh, well, this isn't oh, the same okay. thing because I'm okay. working on my business. It's not, I'm not trying to pacify anything, guys. That's not what's happening here. And I'll never forget it. Um, actually, one of the church brothers, we were having a conversation and I think we had more than one conversation and he pointed out sure. to me, he said, you know, I think you hate your father too. Interesting. And I said, no, I don't. I love my father. And I even told Jesse that I said, I love my father. I don't have any ill will towards my father. Um, so that okay. was a whole nother yeah. thing. Yeah. But 
the moment I realized I didn't forgive my mom was that I kept having these hateful thoughts about her and okay. Yeah. I things would, yeah. And things would still come up and I would still get really mad when I thought about those things to where I had to go grab something to, to kind of pacify that anger that I had. And I didn't turn to the silent prayer. So I knew something was off, you know, interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. It was... It's like you had a false forgiveness, like Satan misled. Yes. You nearly had, and Satan tempted you with a false light, you know, and he got you. Man. You know? That's amazing. It It is. And if I really look back, I absolutely knew in that moment driving home, I knew I didn't do it correctly. But I was riding that false high, like you're talking about. And like I said, yeah. even to the point that I went to church. So what even what happened after that was I knew something was wrong with having those hateful thoughts. And, um, with this business club situation, we, it's one of those things where, um, if you don't control yourself, you can really get into some weird stuff at this place. And what happened one night, it was Super Bowl Sunday of this year, actually, and I'll never forget it. I was walking out with a friend. It was right when Kobe Bryant passed away. Oh and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting time because every it was the first time I started to really see everybody's under a spell. And then right. I it was just the strangest thing. So long story short, I was so out of my mind that night that I actually fell. And interesting. Okay. I know. Like I physically fell and I spiritually fell. Like I it 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 was so strange, but in that moment In that movie it was a combination of like the the ghost in you and the physical you fell at the same time. Oh like, my boom. gosh. Yeah. It, yeah. it was, it was like my soul got knocked out of me. Interesting. Cause it, <laughs> when, when you heard that, was it when you heard that Kobe had died? Well, no. And it kind of initiated it or was it, is this the whole combo? I don't want to get into the detail. There was something that happened. Yes. You fell in that moment. Okay. okay. No, and I mean, when I say fell, I physically fell. Oh. And what was so, no, because so like, I know the story is so crazy, but he, what happened was we were at this Kobe Memorial on Super Bowl Sunday, and I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. And I knew I was being super judgmental. So anyway, I called one of the Bond guys and I'm like, dude, yep. what yep. am I doing here? And he's like, you need to get out of there. Like that was basically just his main thing. He's like, get out of there. So I ended up staying longer than I should have. Um, but like I said, on the way back, you know, to my car, I was walking with a friend and obviously I was like out of my, again, inebriated, but I fell on some stairs and I remember the way I, I yeah. fell on my butt literally. And oh, man, I yeah. just, it was, it was one of those things where it literally just knocked all of the sense back into me. And I it said, jolted you. Yep. Jolted. Yep. That's the perfect word. And in that moment, I was sitting there crying. And I said, Oh my God, all of this is happening because I refuse to forgive. That is what this is. Uh, I'm consistently hitting this wall and I'm doing all these things, thinking something's going to change. And all I have to do is go forgive. I wouldn't be here right now if I was able to forgive. I would have peace if I was able to forgive. I wouldn't be here with these people. Why am I at this Kobe memorial? I don't right. even like Kobe. Right. Like, why am I here? Right. So it sounds so silly, but like all of these things came to me. And not even a week later, I had gone to go forgive my mom. And it was the most amazing grounding just 
it was one of the realest things I've ever done in my life. I, I, the way I can describe it is like right when you forgive, all of a sudden you feel like you got planted onto the ground again. Like all of a sudden you feel oh, grounded. Man. You know? And you're just like, oh, I'm here. I, I see everything. But you're not actually there. It's like, again, you're observing, but you're there. It's, yes. It's, it's it was amazing, amazing how simple it is. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I remember the day I woke up to go do it. I got to tell you, I felt so, like I said, just there was no happiness, sadness, no nothing. It was just, I'm about to go do this thing that I know God wants me to do. And I have to do this to get closer to God. Like, he's not going to allow me to pretend to get close to him. Like, there's these rules that God has, and you have to follow these rules and take these steps to get into his kingdom. There's no way around it. And yeah, you can't fake it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It all just came to me so clearly that day. And I had no fear driving in there. I had no fear going to her. And in that moment, when I said the whole, like, I forgive you, I've never told anybody that in my life. Interesting, isn't it? Oh my Isn't gosh. that amazing? Like, and that's it's that's actually an amazing realization. Like how simple it is, right? You know. Oh my it's... yes. Once it got out, I could see her face twitch a little bit. But then I said, "But it doesn't matter because this is God speaking through me right now. This isn't even me. Like, I didn't even feel like I was. I don't know. Like, I felt like an open vessel that day. Right. You didn't really exist in that moment. You know, God existed through you. Totally. You know, that's oh what it feels gosh. like. And as for everybody waking up, what Victoria's saying isn't like, you know, you know, you, you do the holy hands thing in holy water and you fall over and you feel great. Like what Victoria, what you're, what you're explaining is like this really based sense of knowing that you're with the father and it's indescribable. Mm -hmm. It's so easy, but for some reason, many are called, few are chosen, you know, and you were fortunate to actually recognize that and that jolt that woke you up literally and physically and spiritually. <laughs> I, oh man. It's amazing. And, and I actually still, I still have the scar on my elbow to this day and I'm happy that it's there because it, it really is a reminder for me, you know, cause I, I, right. Yeah. Every time I see it, I'm just like, there it is. You know, like that was, that was the night that it all That's just, amazing. it changed. You know? That's an amazing, and this is just the beginning of getting to know Victoria's own story. I, I know we have to finish this up, now, but <laughs> like this is just to be because there's so many more insights that you have, Victoria, that we haven't even begun to discuss what was so happening many. right now. You know, all the things that you've we've talked about in private. It's been one of those things where I think so many people don't realize that sons and daughters of God are just amazing when you can get them to talk to each other. It's mm -hmm. just we don't really exist. <laughs> we're, we're, we're right. We're, <laughs> we're like hiding in the bushes i know we're the rare <laughs> we're the rare breed and we're just like oh please don't find us <laughs> right it's like please don't don't come over here and try to to, to corrupt us exactly we're and god's then, children then, get away and then you think some people are god's children and you're just like oof, no you're not <laughs> i'm telling you man and the, and honestly let's let's just leave it here too it's like everybody just has to remember like god is always there and i think i've heard you guys say it he's a gentleman like yeah. Satan is the one that's waving in your face. Like he's the one that always wants to be flashy and give you what you want right away. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to do anything. He's like, he's like, ah, oh, here you go. Just take it, take it, take it. Exactly. There's exactly. always something wrong with that. So, but and also. God's just like that father. You know, that's, that's the thing. And it's the real father that everyone's looking for. You just don't realize it. 
I'm telling you. And Satan can only come in if you invite him in. So it's just like a vampire. Yeah. Dude, uh, <laughs> dude, it that's a revelation I had this year. That's the biggest one. He cannot he cannot ever come at you or force himself on you unless you invite him in and entertain anything he says. And that's that's the reason why the world's so messed up because everyone allows him in. Mm-hmm. And once you everyone stops, the world would be perfect. You know, we can raise a perfect generation very quickly, but mm-hmm. we'll just we'll stop it here, guys. But the whole point of having Victoria on is give a different insight. You know, you hear me with my holy voice and all that jazz, but there's everyone here that's waking up. There's a lot of us out here. And if you want to wake up, it's very simple. Go and forgive your parents, you know, know thyself with the doubt every you know, Diary Thought podcast, you can go check out The Silent Prayer. Jesse Lee Peterson has a great one. Roy Masters has one, too. I made some up, too. Um, and then if the, you're hearing voices in your head, it's really just Satan talking to you. And if you let him in, then that's why you suffer, and that's really it. And so just got to say for Victoria, thanks for coming on. And as we say, PX Credit Solutions, fixmyficonow.com. Fix your FICO, guys. Come on. I may need to actually double check mine. (laughs) Yes, please. And get your credit monitoring and all that good stuff. And if you need some help, definitely book a consultation. We're here to help. I highly recommend it. And so everybody, go and forgive your parents. Stop being such beta males. And uh, And females. (laughs) And females, too. Yeah. (laughs) Get out of your head, ladies. (laughs) Please do. And of course, as we always say, we'll see you again on the next episode. So have a great day, guys. Take care.